Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am so glad that you chose to tune in with me today as we have another special episode. We are continuing our 2020 Boston Mom Marathon series, and I am excited for this guest because she has such an incredible struggle victory story and has used her struggle to motivate her to do big things. Today's guest started running in college after being diagnosed with a kidney disease. She ran her first half marathon in 2001 and her first marathon in 2003. In the past 17 years of marathon training, she has run one to two marathons every year. During that time, she also got married to her high school sweetheart and had two children. After the birth of her daughter in 2010, Kara Johnson focused her attention on qualifying for the Boston Marathon and dabbling in triathlons. She attempted to qualify for Boston for many years, but she failed many times. In 2018, Kara joined a TNT multi-sport and it was a game changer. Collectively, TNT supported Kara to ramp up training and to help her qualify at the 2018 Dallas Marathon with a time of three hours and 27 minutes. With a BQ under her belt, Kara is shifting her focus toward becoming an Ironman in Cozumel and Cambridge, Maryland in 2021 for Cambridge. Running provides Kara the opportunity to think, relax, visit with friends, and become energized for the rest of the day. It truly is the best therapy. She is a wife, a mom of two kids, a registered dietitian, and an instructional technology coach. Within the episode, I'm going to play a short clip from her sharing her experience of the Cosmo Ironman, which happened in November. I thought it would be fun to incorporate it as it has happened between my interview with her and when this podcast episode aired live. Also, a lot of us runners are just vying to get into live races, so this will be fun to hear. This episode is sure to inspire, so let's dive in. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Well, welcome, Kara. I'm so glad that you are joining me on Red Hot Mindset today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to dive into your story. As I was reading it, I, w- I just had all these questions. So I'm yeah. really excited. I think the listeners are going to love hearing it and be inspired by it. Um, before we get started, can you share just a little bit about yourself and your family, your background? Sure. Um, I'm a mom of two. I have a 12-year-old. Uh, his name's Austin and a 10-year-old named Eleanor. Um, I'm married to a firefighter um, and I live in North uh, the North Dallas area. And I am a former teacher, but now I'm an instructional coach. So I kind of help teachers uh, plan their lessons and whatnot, but I'm still at a school every single day working with students. So very cool. So you get the best of both worlds. You get to help train the teachers and the students. Exactly. I get to see how all the teachers teach, but I don't have to deal with the grading or emailing parents. So that's like the best of education. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that would be my, that would be my cup of tea too. I would, I would definitely like that having to avoid those conversations. Um, and right <laughs> now your role is pretty vital um, in the midst of the pandemic and everything going on and how things are shifting. Your role is not going to be going away anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. So my official title is I'm an instructional technology coach. I mean, so my my role is really focusing on technology and how to integrate technology into the lessons. And so with COVID, I mean, all teachers were thrown into a virtual way of learning. And, you know, that's very foreign for most teachers. So it's been a big learning curve. Uh, well, for myself, but for most of the teachers. So I've been very busy <laughs> helping teachers really just embrace the new way we do school. Um, but it's been fun, you know, because it's really open teachers' ideas and, you know, strategies and they're being creative. And I think a lot of teachers are getting um, rejuvenized with some new ideas, you know. Oh, that's cool. And I think yeah. that's important. I think it's good to change it up every once in a while and 
try new things and see what works. And maybe some of it won't work, but some of it might be super innovative and a great way to teach these kids. So I think that's really neat. So, well, okay, let's talk running. So you started running in college. Um, were you active in high school sports before that? Or what made you decide to take up running? I was not active in high school. <laughs> I was marching band girl. Like, to think the think of, you know, back in high school, the, the kids in marching band, that was me. I love it. <laughs> uh, played the trumpet. Um, I thought I was active because I did the marching band. Um, but no, I didn't do anything in high school. Um, but college, yeah. So, of course, there's the freshman 15. That was happening. Um, but I was also, uh, my freshman year of college, diagnosed with a kidney disease. Um, and uh, part of the treatment for the kidney disease was I had to take steroids. And if anybody's ever taken steroids, it makes you gain weight. Mm. So not by eating my junk because I was in college, but um, I was on some crazy high dose of steroids for over a year. And so within my first like three months of college, I gained about 50 pounds. Um, mm recognize me like I would see friends from high school and they didn't even know who I was I had gained so much weight so I started <laughs> very cool so with the kidney disease is that something that you are still to this day managing do you still have to take steroids what is what has been your journey in all of this yeah so um right now we're maintaining it we're watching it I don't thankfully have to take any medicines um, I have a disease called focal segmental glomerular sclerosis, which is a mouthful. We <laughs> say FSGS. Um, essentially, if anybody really understands how the kidneys work, my kidneys work too well. Um, too much um, nutrients pass through the kidneys, um, and specifically protein passes through, and it causes it each time protein goes through my kidneys, um, and I and it goes into my urine, um, it, it causes a little bit of scarring on my kidneys. Um, and so over time, that can be very damaging. And so my freshman year of college, my kidneys were failing um, for whatever reason. And, and no one really has been able to explain it to me, but the steroids worked. And so when I took this enormous dose of steroids, it kind of reset my kidneys. Now, um, they still spill some protein, um, but it's not enough that um, it's causing kidney failure, but the, unfortunately the doctors do monitor it and they're worried that maybe in the future we may have to look at other treatments and options. So, um, but yeah, that it was, I, we discovered it because um, my, I was uh, a, a stopped producing urine and I was, um, it was swelling up like it was crazy I would put a pair of socks on and I would have a sock line like immediately um which was I thought that was normal when I was in high school but when we went to the doctor the doctor was like uh you're not supposed to have sock lines that <laughs> quickly <laughs> right it was my kidneys just not working very well wow so. Okay. So then when you took up running, they didn't say, they didn't keep you from being active. Was it something that they said was important was to be active or? Well, yes. Cause another weird side effect of this disease was my cholesterol went out the roof. Oh. Uh, and uh, that was actually one of the indicators that brought me into the doctor was my, my cholesterol as a, what was I, 16, 17 year old girl was like, I mean, 300 and something. And the doctors were like, holy moly. So they sent me to a registered dietitian. She taught me about how to eat healthy, which I thought was the coolest career ever. Um, and uh, and then I so then I started exercising. And the the doctors were excited that I was doing it, but they were they just stressed to stay hydrated, like don't ever get dehydrated because that can be really rough on the kidneys. Okay. But, um, I really transformed my whole way of you know, eating and exercising. I just, my, I, I could recognize that I was not treating my body very well uh, back in high school, um, but what high schooler does, right? You know? Right. Um, so there was, there was a big change in, in, in college and I started eating very healthy, uh, started exercising regularly. Um, and, you know, something interesting is that, that my mom is a marathon runner. I spent my whole childhood watching my mom run marathons. I remember being four years old, holding a sign up at the Dallas Marathon, freezing cold, you know, waiting for mom to run by. And, you know, you wait there for 30 minutes and then they run by. You're like, yay. Right, right. <laughs> it's so, so exciting. You're like, oh, mom. 
<laughs> um, so, I mean, I grew up with it. I was, uh, I was constantly around runners, but I didn't pick it up until after I, like my body started to tell me, pick it up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you picked it up, but when did you start finding enjoyment in it? Did that come right away or how did you fall in love with running? Man, I can remember the first time I ran four miles, like there's, there's these like road, you know, there's these, um, uh, mile markers, um, you know, that running that first mile, you know, hurts. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, once you do a whole mile without stopping, you're like, yes. And then, you know, you finally get two miles. But I remember like that four mile mark was like huge. Like I just couldn't, something about passing that 5k, like actually, um, and I can remember the day that I finally was like, when I finally did it and I wasn't dying, I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of fun. Was not soon after when I crossed that four mile mark, it was easy to do five miles, six miles, seven miles, eight miles. Like, like it just was like dominoes. Like once you kind of got over that first mile marker, um, still to this day though, like I run all the time and it, it still kind of hurts until about mile four. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm warmed up. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. And then it gets fun, you know, and then, then you set yourself all these goals to, you know, accomplish, you know, cool. I did four miles this week. Can I do five miles next week? You know, and then it becomes a game just with yourself, you know? Yeah, that's, that's neat. And I think that's true because a lot of people, they're like, oh, I just hate running. I'm like, how long have, you know, they've run maybe up to a mile and it's true. It takes that time. I still take at least a couple miles to get into the rhythm to feel like, okay, I can do this. I'm good. And yeah. so I get that. Especially as I get older, I need more, I need those warm up miles. Like sometimes I run with some younger folks and I'm like, y'all, when you get in your late thirties, warm up miles are a thing. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> it's funny because I think this, this year has been a transition year for me. Let's see. I just turned 37, but, um, but my running, it's not that it's harder, but it is like, and maybe it's because I moved to Colorado where I have no oxygen, but um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that come into play, but I can feel it now. I'm like, if I'm not warming up and doing these things or stretching afterward, I can definitely tell where before, you know, a few years back, I would have been fine going yeah. cold and doing that thing. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I'm 38 and it was just within the last couple of years where I'm like, okay, no, warm up miles are necessary. I mean, they always told you to do that in the training plans and you're like, okay. And, but no, they, it's something about as you get older, your body really just needs that just to, you know, that slow mile for the first couple, you know? Yeah, totally. An interesting fact. So I went to school, I went to TCU in Fort Worth. Um, only I've lived, my, I lived in Minnesota my whole life. And I said, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere far away to try something new. But my first race, my first half marathon was the Cowtown. Uh, oh. I, just, I think it was my senior year of college. That was the first time I did a race. That was my last marathon was the Cowtown. I was, I was a pacer for it. So I do a lot of now. Yeah. And so I was the three hour and 55 minute pacer. That's so cool. How was that? Did you enjoy doing the pacing? Would you do it again? So that's like, that's been my newest, um, Thing. I mean, like I've done so many marathons in my life and once I qualified for Boston, like I checked that box and I was like, woohoo. Um, but now the new goal is pacing and that's like a whole new challenge because it's no longer you against the clock. It's you against your watch. Like you just have to keep an exact pace, um, you know, for the people around you. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole new challenge. It's kind of fun, you know, because uh, they give you a pace and you've got to stick to it but also not die and, and entertain the people around you. You're not allowed to wear headphones. You've got to carry a stick. Um, there's a lot of new challenges and it kind of just, uh, you know, gave me a whole new challenge within my marathon training. So I do, I love it so much. Um, and unfortunately because of COVID, I haven't been able to pace in months. Oh. You know, Soon again, I, it'll happen, but that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, usually I pace about um, 10, 10 races a year. Wow. So, because you said you've run 20 plus. So, I mean, if you had to calculate, where about do you think you'd be in marathons? Yeah, I've done about like 20, 25 marathons. Now, half marathons, oh, probably around 100. I, I do a lot of half marathon races. But a lot of them are, are, are pacing gigs where... 
um, I'm just part of this group. Um, there's this amazing group that I'm part of called Craig Ranch Running Club. It's if you're ever in North Dallas, look us up. Come join our running club. It's enormous, most welcoming running club you'll ever meet in America, and we are um, often tapped on the shoulder to pace uh, any of the local races, uh, such as Cowtown. So it's it's a blast. That's super cool. So you are pacing all different, so half marathons and full. That makes sense. Yeah. Super cool. Um, they they try to make me do some ultras and I haven't, I haven't yet. Oh, I suppose they probably do. I didn't even think about having pacers and would you do the whole thing or would you be pacing just some of it? Yeah. Yeah. That the, they typically they do the whole thing, but you just lower pace. Like, well, I don't know. It just depends on what your ability is. Cause usually to, to do, to become a pacer, um, they, you usually have to submit an application and you have to turn in like your last three marathon times. And based on those three marathon times, they give you something around that. And usually it's about 10 minutes slower so that, you know, they really are comfortable with the pace they're giving you. They wouldn't, they don't want to give you something that's out of your range, you know? Yeah. Well, and because you have like a real slim window of when you have to finish, like you literally have to finish right within a certain many seconds, right? Yeah, so so our rule of thumb is, I mean, every kind of pacing group sets their own rules, but our rules are you have to um, cross the finish line before your time. So like, let's say mine was a two-hour mar- half marathon. I have to cross before two hour, um, you know, the two-hour mile mark. Um, okay. but, but I have 60 seconds buffer, so I could come in 60 seconds before, um, but I can't come after. Gotcha. Definitely don't want these people that are relying on me to get their PR and be, you know, five seconds behind that 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 goal. So that would be devastating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we will always get there a little bit before, but maybe sometimes thirty seconds to a minute before. So okay, yeah, that is such a cool challenge. I think that's fun because it still gives you those goals, but it's just different. And now you're helping inspire other people. Yeah, it's fun, and I'm a talker. Okay. <laughs> so- chat with people and and joke with them and entertain them and keep their minds off of like things hurting you know so giving them tricks yeah yeah you can use that encouraging gift that you have so (laughs) let's talk Boston because I'm really excited to hear when did you decide hey maybe Boston is something I want to do like what made you aspire to it so so my mom qualified for Boston she ran in 1995 like so again I grew up with this and I have a sister who also qualified, I think she did it in 2005, don't quote me on that, but somewhere <laughs> out there, um, and so I'm always like, okay, I know what it is, I knew that it was a goal, but I mean, those first few marathons, my first time was like four hours and 30 minutes, my second one was New York, it was over five hours, um, you know, so I had a big gap to close, um, and I started to close it, and then I had kids. And I mean, I love those boogers, but they, they really slowed my body down, you know. And... This episode is brought to you by my book, Mind Over Marathon, Overcoming Mental Barriers in the Race of Life. If you feel like you just need a mindset shift because you are going after a goal and need some direction and encouragement, this book is for you. It will help you to ignite a passion and purpose in your life, clarify your unique game plan, and build confidence in who you are. At the end of each chapter are a quick faith devotional, thought-provoking questions, and a practical application that you can implement immediately. This book is about discovering a dream and taking it from inception to a flourishing finish. Running is optional. You can snag two free chapters at www.redhotmindset.com slash mindovermarathon. Dream huge, and remember, you are a winner, just run your race. But so after I had Ellie in 2010, that's when I, I knew I was done having babies. And I knew that was always on my bucket list is to qualify for Boston. Um, so it was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and I tried at least 10 times before I even could get close. Um, I can't tell you how many marathons I did at three hours and 50 minutes, three hours and 43 minutes, where like the first 20 miles, I would be on pace, I would be on course, I was keeping the time I needed, which for me was, you know, 335. Um, And then the wheels would fall off, you know, you just hit a wall. Um, I think any marathon runner knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say my wheels fell off, like this, just 
it just hit, you know, mile 24, you're basically run walking and just. <laughs> you're just trying to get to the finish. <laughs> with that experience. It's just so frustrating. And every time I learn something new, like, uh, you know, it's the nutrition is huge. Like just getting to know when to eat and how much to eat and what works on your tummy. Um, you know, cause I, I have the, the classic marathon where at mile 13, I had to run to the bathroom and I was there for a while. You know what I mean? Um, and then there's the marathons where I forgot to eat and I start to feel hungry at mile 21. And by the time you feel hungry, it's too late. There's no catching up. You start to eat and it's, you bonk, you know? Um, so finding that balance of starting to eat when you feel great you know, and, and constantly just feeding your body that sugar to stay on course. Um, it, it's definitely something you just have to learn. And once you master it, it I got closer and closer to that goal. Um, I did finally qualify and I will attribute my qualifi qualification to two things. Um, I got a running coach. Um, his name's Rick Johnson. If he listens to this, he's amazing. He, um, he told me when I was on off season, he was like, Kara, your long runs on the weekend must be 16 miles. Cause at the time I was doing 13 on Sundays. That was our fun, happy pace. Every Sunday we would do a 13 easy, like, you know, nine, 10 minute pace, just easy with the friends. Uh, and he told me, he was like, no, you need to make your base 16 miles. Hmm. And so I was like, you know, I don't want to, but <laughs> listen to your coach. And he said, and I did. And, uh, so I, 16 miles is what I started to do. And that became easy. That became normal. So just tacking on 10 more miles was made it a little bit more doable. And the other thing I attribute to is I joined a triathlon club um, called TNT. Um, and it's like a second family to me. And having that cross training made me stronger and faster as a runner. And that was tough as a runner because when I was on my bike or swimming, that was time I was taken away from running. And so the number of miles I was running a week went down. Mm. It's hard as a runner to wrap your brain around, okay, I'm only going to run 35 miles this week. Um, but I was biking and swimming and I was getting all those other muscles and it essentially made my running faster. Um, and so those two things like, you know, keeping my base at a longer distance and then joining the triathlon team and having this group of you know, um, people that cross train in other sports really just ramped up my training and I was able to qualify that in 2018. That's awesome. So yeah. you hit the finish line of, um, your 2018 race. What did that feel like? Like, Oh, okay. So, so my triathlon team knew I was trying to achieve Boston. And so two of my friends, I, I probably shouldn't, so I'm going to spill some details and maybe get myself in trouble. They jumped into the course and ran three miles, four miles with me, the last four miles with me. Um, and I asked them just to watch the watch, like, cause the whole marathon, I was staring at my watch, you know, you're doing the math and you're like, okay, I got to get this time. I got to get this time. And um, by the time I got to mile 22, all I needed was them to just tell me what, you know, just set the pace and I'll, I'll follow you. So um, at mile 25, my friend Luke said, Kara, look at your watch. Cause I hadn't looked at it for, you know, three miles. And when I looked at my watch, I still had 15 minutes left, you know, before my boss and I started crying. <laughs> and let me tell you how hard it is to cry, um, and run eight minute miles. It's really tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I'm crying and then I'm celebrating that I get to drink some Boston beer. And we, <laughs> it was like, you, I wish, I wish you, there was a camera there to hear the conversation because it was really my celebration started at mile 25 because I knew I could walk a 15 minute mile and still qualify. So totally, we crossed the finish line and those two friends that were running with me those last couple of miles, they had jello shots in their pockets <laughs> and they literally handed me jello shots at the end and we had this huge celebration. It was lots of tears, lots of just hugs and uh, you know, oh my goodness, such a great time because man, I worked hard for that <laughs> BQ. You did. I mean, you worked about what would you say about eight years from when you decided I'm going to start to. Well, my first marathon was in 2003. Uh -huh. So 
I mean, I had been running marathons for 15 years before I finally got that. But I mean, definitely like purposely working towards that goal. I mean, a solid eight years. Wow. Trying and failing and learning and trying and failing and learning. Yeah, eight years. And I love that you didn't just give up like after your second fail and or your fifth fail or whatever, you know, like you kept that goal in front of you and you kept going after it knowing you could do it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, right now we're not sure if Boston 2021 is going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, there's a good chance I'm going to have to requalify and uh, I'm going to have to do that work again. <laughs> I know. I know. Will, will you do that work again? Do you think? Yes, I will. I'm going to be in Boston. I've got to run that race at least once. Um, yeah. yeah. It'll be it, it will, you know, it'll happen. And I, I just listened to the race director on a podcast and he was talking about 2021, of course, didn't say anything because there's nothing to say. You can't really tell anything. And I don't see it happening in the spring, but I'm really crossing my fingers there. All the races are being rescheduled for or scheduled in fall. So I'm hoping they'll do a fall race, you know? Yeah. And so I am training for my first Ironman right now. Um, So that was the next bucket list thing. I mean, I think all of us that are runners always have something else down the pipeline, right? So my next one was training for Ironman. Um, And I was scheduled to do Ironman Maryland this year, which is in September. And so when Boston rescheduled 2020, I was scheduled to run Boston Marathon on Monday and my first full Ironman on Saturday. Oh, wow. yeah, so I was going to do it because, you know, what choice did I have? I already signed up for the marathon. I, was already, I mean, I was already signed up for the Ironman, and uh, you've got to do Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they were to postpone um, Boston 2021 to the fall, I will be in the same predicament because my Ironman was also canceled because of COVID. Gotcha. So, I kind of hope that doesn't happen, <laughs> but uh, if it happens, it happens, and I'll, I'll tackle that challenge. It may not look pretty, but that's okay. <laughs> It'll be definitely a loony challenge. Challenge. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. ever done? I have never done one of loony challenges, but yeah, that's the one where you do multiple marathons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, and you have been working toward uh, Ironman for November. Did that? Is that still so- on? Yeah, so my first, I was, I mean, we've been, I've been training for Ironman Maryland, which is in September since May. They canceled it in August, definitely a mourning period. I mean, yeah, it's so ridiculous, but you work so hard. And when they cancel, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. um, you know, I actually, uh, you know, talked with a lot of friends and we signed up for Ironman Cozumel. Uh, so that's in November. Um, and they just hosted the half Ironman in Cozumel a couple weekends ago. It went off with success. Uh, they implemented all these social distancing policies um, without any issues. So as far as we know, Ironman Cozumel is going to happen, which is November 22nd. So um, I'm hoping I'm going to get to do my Ironman this year. I hope I get to race this year. Everybody's just itching to race, you know. I hear you. I know. I'm like, the virtuals aren't cutting it. Like I'll run it and I run, I'll run them for fun. Fine. But it's just not the same. You don't get that atmosphere and the adrenaline and just all, all the goodies at the end, just, you know, the finish line. So this is your first Ironman though. So what i obviously, when you trained for, to qualify for Boston, you were swimming and biking. So it's almost Mm -hmm. a natural reaction to go into like a triathlon or something, but what made you want to get into that Ironman? Um, I, I've always, that's always been a bucket list item, but, um, the team I'm on, the TNT team I'm on, I am surrounded by Ironman and they are rock stars. They are so inspirational. Um, they are so encouraging. Um, I just, I, I, if for anybody that's new to triathlon or new to running, I just, I just highly encourage you find, to find that group. I mean, every city has the these running groups and has these triathlon groups. And I often talk to people about, well, what group do you run with? And they always tell me, oh, I just run by myself. And then I invite them to my group or my triathlon group and people are nervous. They're scared. And I want to encourage your listeners, like 
we want to build this community, you know, and if somebody's new to triathlon, we, that's just so fun to introduce them to something that we absolutely love, you know, and it's um, just showing them the ropes and showing people like, you know, all our, that our bodies can do. It's fun, you know, and I just, once you get into that community, it's just, it just, it starts to snowball and you just take on more and more challenges and, you know, what can I do next? You know, um, I also really just want that tattoo. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's actually on my bucket list too. I'm not sure if I'm going to aspire to it or not, but it's always been in the back of my head. I hate swimming. So mm-hmm. I have to like start liking it in the lakes, especially like weeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what a lot of runners tell me. They're like, oh, I could do the run and I could do the bike. I just could never do the swim. And I'll tell you, I used to say the exact same thing, but um, it's now the easiest part of the whole race. I mean, it's oh, one of the shortest part. I mean, if you think about it, the, the swim's going to take me an hour and a half. The bike's going to take me six hours. The run's going to take me four hours. I mean, like, so the swim is is the easy part. Um, once you learn technique and once you learn, you know, just the basic strokes, um, then, then that part's just maintaining. It's the bike that will get you six hours on the bike will get you. <laughs> and I'm a casual biker. So I'm the one who's slow around the corners. So it might take right. six hours. All right. You get 17 <laughs> hours to finish that race. You can do it. You can do it. I love it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll be on my list next as we get going into racing again new challenge and I'll tell you I got into triathlons because I was just getting burnt out on running you know I think most runners that do it for many years like once you you know got a sub two hour half marathon once you've done that you know Boston qualifying whatever the marathon goal is of yours once you've got those goals underneath your belt and you're like now what yeah triathlon's the next thing I mean like it's just adding extra sports onto a sport that you already rock at and let me tell you so many bikers become triathletes and it's so fun to race with those people because they'll smoke you on the bike but when you get on your feet it's so like these people that are normally bikers that became triathletes they're so slow (laughs) (laughs) you just you get to zip by them all on the run it's so fun just to just you know be like oh yeah remember when you passed me on the bike I love it and you're at the end I mean the run is at the end that's what matters Right. Here comes this little girl. And I'm just five foot two. I'm coming. And I, you know, zoom past them all. I love it. I love so that. Fun. That's so fun. so fun. And you're right mm-hmm. though. Community is so important. It's just the running community itself. But if you're going to look into triath- triathlons or whatnot, I was a part of kind of a tri group for a little while too. I did like one try, um, but it was fun. But if there is something about it, when you see everyone else doing the thing, it helps motivate you more too. And it just gives you that that broad community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as a working mom, I mean, I would say 70% of my workouts are at 5 a.m. You know, I got to work out at 5 a.m. Got to be done before those kids wake up. Uh, You know, so I've got like from 5 to 6.30 to work out. And so having that community of friends to join you and hold you accountable to getting your tail out of bed is, is essential. Um, there's another group that I'm with called Moms Run This Town, which is a national group. There's multiple chapters. And Moms Run This Town was huge because I needed a group of people to run with at 5 a.m. and I was not comfortable with running with men. You know, I'm just 5 a.m. I would love just to be with a group of girls, you know, just safety reasons. It's dark, you know, and... I have found the most, um, th- there's about five of us that, you know, consistently meet about three times a week, 5 a.m., you know, just finding that accountability partner, just finding that community of people that is willing to, you know, help you get those goals. It's essential. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you, what's your training like for Ironman? Do you just train at from 5 to 6.30 or do you have to go back and do a little bit more or what's your schedule? Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, um, six days, a w- yeah, six days a week, I'm up at five or six in the morning doing a workout. Um, and then sometimes I need to do more after school. Cause you know, again, I work at a school. Um, my daughter is a competitive swimmer. She swims, um, Monday through Friday from four to five. My son is in jujitsu. He does that Monday through Thursday, uh, 
5.30 to 6.30. So when the kiddos are doing their sports, I go do my sports. So sometimes I'll swim in the pool while she's swimming or while he's doing his jujitsu, I'll go hop on my bike. I mean, usually I only can get in like 30 to 45 minutes, but that's 30, 45 minutes. Like in the world, it's all about the total minutes of the week. Like when you map out your training, you know, usually you want to say, you know, you know, six hours on the bike. And so it doesn't really matter how you get there. Just, you know, tack off whatever you can, whenever you can. So as a working mom, you just have to take advantage of every, you know, 30 free minutes you get, you know, with me, those sports really help when the kiddos are, you know, and yeah. then on weekends, I always have a long bike ride on Saturday with the team. Like I just, the, my triathlon team, we always do a long bike ride on Saturday and then the running group that I mentioned, Craig Ranch Running Club, always has a long run on Sunday morning. So I've got those two major workouts on Saturdays, Sundays that I never miss. So okay, yeah, I love how you fit it in. Like you're not <laughs> you're not taking time away. You're fitting it in where it works, and you're still being able to be present with your kids. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really really important, and it, it shows that we can do it. You know, we just. Uh, like- and, and it's important for them to see me exercise. Like at 5 a.m., they don't see me exercise. They just see me come home and jump in the shower. But when they see like, because my son just moved to Jiu-Jitsu. He used to be in baseball. But like, so when he was doing baseball practice, I would go for a jog. Um, and and that it's good for him to see that mom is taking care of her body and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, using that time and not just sitting there playing on my phone, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we are their best example. So if we're showing them to be active, you know, then they don't really have an excuse not to be. So I think that's important for us as moms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, and I, I want to go back a little bit into your running uh, experiences because I know there was a time where you had to take a few years off of running yeah. altogether. So what was that like for you? Um, was it a hard season or how yes. did you do it? Wait, I think probably you're mentioning when I had my kids, like mm-hmm. I'm just those moms that when I got pregnant, like immediately my bladder gave out. <laughs> oh, I understand <laughs> I was like six weeks pregnant and I was like oh let's go for a run and I was like oh boy I have to go potty you know <laughs> just, just I really could the impact of the running really just mine just I just couldn't keep up with it so I did a ton of walking when I was pregnant with Austin um and, and Ellie um when I had them both cases I was like cool I can get back to running let's go run and the minute I would go for a decent run, you know, like an hour long run, I would stop producing milk. Um, and I wasn't able to breastfeed. Um, and because I was, I guess, because I was dehydrated or maybe I was shifting the hormones. I really, I'm sure there's a medical reason why, but I was, I wasn't able to nurse. Um, so in, in each case, I, I tried to run when I was, when I had newborns and I wasn't able to produce the milk like I wanted to for the baby. So I, I really basically didn't run. Um, I did these little short one mile runs, but just to get the energy out, because any runner knows that energy, like where you just are itching to run. Um, But I couldn't do anything significant. Um, It was tough. You know, I think also my husband knows that if I go for a run, I'm a happier person. (laughs) So it's, I, he tells me sometimes he's like, could you just like go run, please just go outside and get your energy out. So um, when I had the newborns that, that was, that was tough, but you know, you do lots of walks and you squeeze in what you can, um, that your body will let you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Was it hard getting back into it when you were able to? I actually bounced back pretty quickly. I mean, things are jiggling that weren't jiggling before, but you know, <laughs> um, it, it, I think it probably took about six months to get back to status quo, like before I had babies, but I will say that I am faster now than I was before I had kids. Like I, I maybe because I'm older and I'm more dedicated to my training plans, but I am hands down faster and stronger than I was before I had kids easily. That's awesome. Well, and part of it could be cross training too. You have, uh, you're more balanced in your workouts and stuff too. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, um, you know, this would have been your first Boston. So a special Boston um, when you found out that it was postponed, but then you found out it was canceled, what were your initial reactions? Um, yeah, I'm, I was bummed. You know, I will tell the, when, when it was going to be in April, 
that was going to be a whole like two week trip for us. Um, it was my daughter's 10th birthday. So we were going to show her the East coast, go visit some family, go run Boston, go visit the city. Cause I've heard amazing things. I've never been. Um, and so when that got canceled, my daughter was bummed, the whole family, like it was a whole vacation that was canceled for us. You know, it wasn't just my marathon. It was like a whole, so we shifted everything to the fall. I mean, exactly the same vacation, but in the fall. So it was once again, when it was canceled again, it was just like such a bummer because uh, it was going to be our vacation for the year. So we'll hopefully get to do it in 2021. Um, but then when they said, okay, you have a week to run a marathon, you know, then, then the planning starts as far as like, okay, am I going to just do this on my own or who can I do it with? Um, and I started asking my runner friends, you know, who wants to run a marathon with me <laughs> just for funsies, you know? Yeah. And thankfully, um, all of the local running clubs in Dallas kind of made a pact and they said, let's all run our Boston virtual marathon on September 13th, which is a Sunday, um, down at the local lake. There wasn't really an organized, organized like start or finish line. There wasn't really an organized like time. It was just like on Sunday morning, go down to the lake and run your marathon. Gotcha. And if you want, have your club set up a water stop. You know, the community support that happened that day, it gave me goosebumps. It was so awesome. There was um, about five, no, maybe six running clubs that set up shop down at the lake, huge tents. I mean, water cups, I mean, just a traditional like water stops, lots of green. And, you know, not only for the people that had the Boston Marathon bibs on, but for anybody that was running, everybody had water stops like for that day. And um, my, my triathlon team set up a shop, set up a tent, and they too, you know, gave out water. Um, that following week, we had so many people email us and say, hey, I want to join your club. Hey, can I come work out with your club? I mean, like the community showed, I mean, it, I mean, just, I can guarantee you all of our clubs gained new members just simply from that event. It was so fun. That is really cool. I love how you guys all banded together too, to make it fun and make it kind of special. Yeah, it was, it was really special. It was, and I mean, like, I feel like we were still able to experience that marathon race vibe with keeping socially distanced and keeping everybody safe. Um, it was great. It was so awesome. It was so fun. Yeah. So it, it was a special 2020 Boston, but not, it wasn't Boston, right? No. So we're, we're going to, we're going to hit Boston. Um, now you have a, you have a pretty good buffer though, right? I do. I, I qualified by seven and a half minutes. So, okay. It'd be good. But the challenge is, is I qualified in 2018, which uh, hope they told us that for 2021, they would keep that eligibility window open, including 2018. But if it gets postponed till 2022, I don't know if they can keep that window open that wide. So I may have to requalify. Yeah, I'm kind of in your boat too, because I was fall 2018 with a good buffer, 12 minute buffer. But um, so I have no worries about getting in 2021. I have worries about it running. So, but yeah, it's same thing. It's like, how long will they let us keep going? But there are not very many qualifications right now either. So it's almost like, let's just, I almost think freeze the qualifications and just, you know, but I did qualify again, unexpectedly. I wasn't trying, but I did qualify again at the Phoenix marathon in 2019, but that only had like a three minute buffer. So usually the number I'll throw out there. Unfortunately, it's just, yeah, (laughs) it might be, it might be worth it for, let's see, that would be for 2021. That wouldn't be for 2022 though. Right. Right. It, it'll happen. I'm excited for you to get to your first Boston. And I understand having, because that's what we do. It's either our, our vacations are around gymnastics. My two older are competitive gymnasts or it's around a marathon and we yes. kind of do it that way. And um, so it's, I mean, it is, it's fun for the kids that way too. And I get, I can see how disappointing it is when it doesn't happen. Yep. Our, our next vacation is Cozumel and the kids are coming. Oh <laughs> Ironman and they will all be vacationing so <laughs> they will not be disappointed I'm sure <laughs> yeah so they were kind of excited about that one they're like oh okay we get to play in the ocean while you run okay <laughs> right, right they're like mom pick the good marathons pick good locations 
That's awesome. So, you know, um, 2020 Boston Marathon, why would it have been your victory run? I mean, that's 20 years of work, you know, from, you know, getting diagnosed with a kidney disease and, you know, figuring out what, how to change my lifestyle as far as eating healthy, starting to exercise, um, having two kids. I went through two career changes. I earned a master's degree, a doctorate. I mean, just the amount of challenges I had to, I don't want to say challenges, but just, you know, so many things I had to navigate while also training Mm -hmm. and qualify. I mean, that race in 2020 was going to be the the victory lap. It was going to be the celebration of all the hard work, you know, Um, it'll happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be a great one. It's going to happen eventually. Oh yeah. And it'll be even sweeter. I mean, when you get that victory lap, the long, I mean, well, you waited since 2018, same as me. I actually had a broken ankle in between. So I was glad I qualified for 2020. I went to hit 2019, but, uh, you know, it just, the longer you wait, it almost does make it more special because when you get there, you're going to be even more grateful and you're really going to take it in and just enjoy being there. And I think that's one thing that we can take away from it too. And something I think about is, and running never got taken away from me and never got canceled. Yes, the races got canceled, but mm-hmm. thank God I still had my running, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I, people always ask me like, well, what are you going to try to run in Boston? How fast are you going to run? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go as slow as possible. I'm going to take lots of pictures. I'm going to turn on my Facebook live and I'm going to sell you. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh. we're going to, we're going to soak every minute in. We are not running fast. We're going to, no, nope. <laughs> we're going to have a great time. Totally. And that's one of the reasons I want to go back. Cause I ran with a goal, the first marathon, the first Boston, and it didn't go well. So <laughs> I didn't get to the experience that I wanted. And that's why I want to go back too. Cause I want to go slow, take pictures, enjoy every moment, soak it in. You're in the city. It's crowded. It's so fun. It's so fun. There's nothing like it. So I'm excited for you to get that. that. As long as it's not like 2016, where it was like, you know, 30 degrees and raining that I don't want to do that. That, that looked terrible. <laughs> and I have friends that did it and they are amazing. And I just, I don't know how they accomplished that goal that year. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was thankful I wasn't there that year either, but you know, if I would have been, I would have ran it. You would have too. <laughs> You're right. I would have, I would have, but that was even more challenging that year. So yeah. Yeah. Well, ran that race that year. You guys are amazing. <laughs> totally. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the bitter cold, the bitter hot, whatever it is, it's just like, it's cool. Well, you're used to the heat. You're in Texas, so you have to run in the heat. I'm used to the heat. I, but so when it's cold, I don't do very good. I don't have the equipment. I don't have the right clothes. I don't have the right gloves. I don't, don't own those outfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make a difference. They make a huge yes. difference. So I really found- sell them here. Like, you don't, you don't, not only do I not own them, but I can't purchase them here. I wouldn't even purchase so what are you gonna do with them (laughs) you know but well as we wrap up I'd love to hear um what are what's been one of your biggest lessons that you've learned throughout these years of sticking to a goal and seeing it through it's uh, my biggest lesson is community support you know my first 10 years of training I did it on my own I would run by myself with just me and my headphones um but when I joined running groups, when I stretched my neck out and, you know, uh, made myself a little vulnerable, I was introduced to a whole world of people that love running, that encourage you, that hold you accountable, that help you set even bigger goals than you ever thought of. Um, and I mean, that is just, that's a game changer. And I'm such a huge lesson learned. And I always look back and go, how did I do those first 10 years by myself? You know, how boring. (laughs) Uh, It's so fun to have this group of friends that constantly is there to help you through all these workouts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Going from a lone runner to running with a community is eye-opening. It totally is. Cause I was the same way. I was a lone runner for a very long time and I was like, I'm good by myself. And when you, when you hit your stride and you find your tribe, it's so worth it. Anybody that's listening, go find that group. They're out there and they want you there. Like they're not scary and they're not mean and they're not that fast. I promise you. (laughs) 
I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for sharing your story with us. I loved hearing it. it inspired me. Um, I actually am starting to think of all these different little goals, like um, thinking about that Iron Man again. We'll see. Um, so I've appreciated it. Yeah, it's very nice. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm a, it's been fun just sharing my story. Yeah, my pleasure. So a quick recap on Iron Man Cozumel. Uh, the day was super hot. Um, started with a swim, which was amazing and super easy. Got to see uh, scuba divers, lots of fish, even a stingray. Finished the swim in just over an hour, which is incredibly fast, um, but a little bit of a current helped me out. Um, bike was challenging. I uh, thought I was a little bit better prepared for it. Um, I had to do three loops around Cozumel Island, um, which was crazy windy. There was definitely about 25 mile per hour winds the entire time, uh, which really wore me out. But um, after the bike, I was able to conquer that marathon. Um, took me a little over four and a half hours to knock out a marathon. Uh, so it was lots of running and walking through all the water stops. Um, I was having to dump water on my head the entire time because it was just crazy hot uh, to be expected in Mexico. Um, but long story short, Ironman Cosmo was a success. Finished in 12 hours and eight minutes uh, with a smile on my face. I'm super happy with that time. I look forward to trying to beat my time next year at Ironman Maryland. Um, I did give my family a little bit of a scare. I accidentally took off my timing belt, uh, timing chip and I left it with my bike and I ran nine miles without a timing chip. So all the people that were tracking me, uh, back at the States were, were worried. I was just, uh, maybe in the med tent or something, but in fact, I was running just without my timing chip. Uh, thankfully the, um, race director at Ironman, um, Cozumel was really cool and they were able to correct my times and fix the, my errors. So, um, so that's it. Yeah. Ironman Cozumel was amazing. It was awesome. I, um, am so happy with my, uh, successes there and I look forward to doing many, many more. So what do you think? How inspirational is that? Kara just proved that you can find time as a mom to train for an Ironman if you want to. It's all about taking the small chunks of time we can find and doing something with them. Getting up early, training while the kids are at their own practices, and things like that. So whatever is stirring you feel like God is giving you, choose to do something with it in the small chunks of time that you can find. I hope you've been encouraged today because I know I was. In all things, I pray you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.